Amen. Aren't you glad that uh, Chandra and Carlos are here today and they're part of our church and we can support them and the work that God is doing? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I think it's very appropriate that they were here today because I wanted to start a new series of messages and it's called Joining God. And um, I think, you know, God is always at work. And really the title of this message, God is always at work. And uh, we need to join him in what he is doing. And so when somebody comes in to our church, especially somebody from the outside, it can be an indicator as they bring forth what God is doing in their lives, God may be inviting you to join them in what God is doing. And so God is, that's how God works. He's always inviting us to be a part of his work. We don't do things for God. He invites us to join him in what he wants us to do. And if you can understand that and begin to grasp that in your life, it'll make a tremendous difference in how you know God and how you experience God. Because the Lord really wants us to know him in a deeper way and experience his love and his power and what he's doing in this world. You know, a while back, uh, many years ago, I read a book uh, called um, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And a lot of the principles that I'm going to be sharing with you come from this book. I was in a point in my life where I was really frustrated with what God was doing or what I thought he wasn't doing. I didn't see him at work in my ministry or in my life because I was trying to do things for God and ask him to bless it. And what I didn't realize was that God was working around me and he wanted me to join him in what he was doing. And so I read this book and then I read the scriptures that Henry Blackaby was talking about and it made sense. It clicked with me. I said, I could do that. I don't have to work for God because I'm not able really to do anything on my own, but I could join God and join his people and together we could do something that we could never do alone. And it makes a tremendous difference when we do that. So one of the first things that he, under, he says and uh, he talks about is that when we are walking with God and we're experiencing God in this world, let's say you have a financial need and you're praying, you ask God to meet that need and then you discover that he is a provider. When you call on him, he does provide for you. So you come to know him as a provider. Sometimes when we're sick, when we're feeling ill, and we come to God and we ask him for healing, we come to know him as a healer. So the healing God that he is. And of course, when we come to know him as a savior and the Lord of our lives, that is the most important part. When we humble ourselves before him and we say, God, I'm giving you my life. Lord, you're worthy. Like we sang that song, Lord, you're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my heart. You're worthy of my soul. I give it to you. We come to know him as Savior and Lord. And when we begin to know him as that, he begins to invite us into what he is doing in this world. And it's so very important to say yes to Jesus when he invites us. Now, some people will say, well, I don't see God doing anything around me. Well, you just missed the whole thing today because I just saw God doing a bunch of stuff through Chandra 
and Carlos through their ministry. And as a church, we've seen that happen. Some of you, how many people have been volunteers at Camp Comanche? How many people have volunteered? Okay, a few of you, yeah, okay. How many people have been down to St. Paul's house? Okay, a few of you there. So some of you, how many of you, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, give financially or pray for this ministry? So those are the ways that we can join God in what he's doing through the Empower ministry. But if we don't recognize it, we could just sit here and say, oh, that was a nice presentation. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad for what they're doing. God bless them, because I would never want to go there. I don't want to go in the darkness. You know, you might say, you know, that's great for them to do. But for me, I like Long Island. That's not. a. But you know what? God may be inviting you to join them in some way that you have yet to discover about how God wants to use you in their lives or in their ministry. So I want to encourage you to be open to see what God is doing and how he is working in and around you and to begin to notice these things. You know, it's that simple and yet it's that profound. If we can see and recognize where God is working, where the Holy Spirit is working, and then we join him in that, we then experience God in a deeper and a more profound way. So um, I'm glad that our church is committed to doing all three of those things, joining them in the ministry, supporting them faithfully every year through our missions um, offering, and then also just uh, coming alongside them in prayer. Well, you know, as I was thinking about this idea of joining God, I looked at the life of Jesus, and Jesus always fulfilled the Scripture. And, and oftentimes when you read the Gospel, it says, and Jesus did this and fulfilled the Scripture, or he did this according to what the Scripture had said. And there are verses in the Bible, especially in the book of Isaiah, that describe Jesus' ministry. And Isaiah 42, 6 and 7 is, is one of them. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes of the blind, to free captives from prison, and to release, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And as you begin to read the Gospels, you see that Jesus has come for this very specific reason. And you see him going to individuals and to communities, and he begins to minister there, and people are released from demonic oppression. Some people are healed physically. Other people have, the poor people have the gospel, the good, new, good news preached to them, and it changes their life. And when Jesus begins his ministry, he begins it in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 to 21, and he quotes, or he goes into the synagogue in, in Nazareth, the town that he grew up. He goes into that synagogue, and he begins to read from the scripture. And it says this, Isaiah, he's quoting from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom of the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him 
And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was understanding that his calling came out from what was written in the scripture. He was the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies. And so he was taking what the scripture had said and then he was acting and saying, this is about me. He was owning what the word of God said to him. And do you know what? This is Jesus' method of ministry. And it doesn't change there. He passes the same method on to his disciples. And he says, guys, if you want to join me in what I'm doing, you can do it. And I'm giving you this invitation. And it's all written right here in the scripture. And he says, you can be a part of it too. Would you like to? And so you see these guys, one by one, they come and they start to follow Jesus. And they watch what he does. And they see what he does. And when he does what he does, they in turn go out and do what he was doing. And it's a tremendous thing because they begin to see where God is at work. And they join him. And they take the invitation and God does some powerful things in their life. Well, how did, how did they continue to do that? You know, a lot of times we think that if I'm going to do something for God, I've got to get my theological education or I've got to be, uh, have a certain skill or craft. But what we know is that these guys were so powerfully impacted their communities. And why was it? Was it their education? Was it their financial uh, status? Was it their position? No, it was none of those things. They were ordinary, uneducated men. And yet, but they had been with Jesus and they had walked with Jesus and they had joined him in what he was doing and it made all the difference in their ministry. So I want to look, just introducing this whole topic about joining God, and we're not going to get into it very, I'm just going to get into it briefly today, kind of introduce this series to you. But one of the things that uh, uh, we can learn is how did the disciples do it? How did they fulfill their calling and how do we do it? And that's really the basic of what I want to talk about today. And in John chapter 5, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem and he goes to the pool of Bethesda. And there's a number of disabled people lying there around. There's some of them are uh, paralyzed, some are blind, but they're waiting for this water to be stirred and they're waiting for somebody to take them in. If they, if they get into the water while it is moving, some people believe that they'll be healed. And so Jesus walks into this group and this crowd and he goes to one individual. And I think it's amazing. You know, sometimes we think that ministry is all about a lot of people, you know, like you got to reach so many, but it's usually just one person that God wants you to talk to. It begins with one person. When you think about it like that, you can say, yeah, I could join God in doing that. Maybe it's one person who's thinking about committing suicide that you know, and you get a chance to talk to them. You get a chance to say them, tell them that God loves them and has a purpose and a plan for their, their life. I'm telling you, we've got an epidemic of suicide in our, in our society. Every time I turn around, some young person has committed suicide or I hear of somebody that has committed suicide. 
And I'm going to tell you that I believe God is calling out to those people, wanting them to come to, to know him. But he usually does it through individuals like you and me, ordinary people. So we have to see where is God working? What is he doing? Who does he want us to talk to? Well, I believe Jesus knew who he wanted to talk to. There was a man that had been paralyzed for 38 years, hadn't been able to move. And he goes up to him and he says, do you want to be healed? And the man says, yeah, but I can't get in the water. No, nobody's going to help me. I've been here for 38 years. You know, I've been staying here day and night and nobody helps me. And Jesus simply says, take your mat, get up and walk. And he heals the man right there. See, God was at work. And then everybody gets kind of upset because Jesus did it on the Sabbath. It wasn't the day you're supposed to get up and take your mat. So they yell at the man, what are you getting up and take your mat for? You know, you're not supposed to walk around and carry anything on the Sabbath. And of course, this guy's going, hey, man, I haven't been walking in 38 years. You're trying to tell me I can't do that? That man, Jesus, told me to get up and take my mat, and I'm going to do what he told me to do. So he does it. And then they go, okay, where, where's Jesus? Well, he's right over there. So they go up to Jesus, and then this is when they start to say to him, uh, you know, why are you healing people on the Sabbath? And this is what Jesus says, and I think this is the key point in joining God. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Jesus was saying, God is working. He's not taking any days off. He, do, he does things on the Sabbath. He does things on Monday, Tuesday, Monday through Sunday. There's 24 hours, seven days a week. We need to join him in what he's doing. And for this reason... The, verse, the next verse says, For this reason they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal with God. And last week, Donna Baptiste was here talking about the humanity and the divinity of Christ and how Jesus is both God and man. But the point I want to make here is not that, but this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. So what Jesus was saying was, I'm looking for how my father is at work and I want to follow him and do what he does. And so that's why he healed the man. There was this man there. God saw his heart. He was ready to heal him. Jesus came up was the conduit for that man's healing. And then the disciples see this and they begin to recognize this is the way that God works. If I could see or recognize where the Father's working and I could join him, then things happen. Because if Jesus said, I can do nothing in myself, that means we can't do it either. In fact, in John 15, Jesus said uh, that that he, he's the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We all know that. But a lot of times, we don't get it. And then Jesus says this, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does, yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. 
And so Jesus comes into this relationship. He's saying, I have this relationship, a father and son relationship, but you also have that relationship with the father. He loves you. You don't have to be afraid of failing him or not being good enough or not being able to help anybody. God is inviting each one of us to be a part of what he's doing. And it's our job or our responsibility to recognize where he's at work. And we're going to be learning about that. How do we recognize how God is at work? See, Jesus was praying this for his disciples. He said in John 17, I in them, you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have loved you. What Jesus was praying was that we would together, work together to do God's work. Do you, you know, it's very simple, but you know, we're just not doing things alone with God. He wants us to team together. He wants us to partner with one another. And the beautiful thing of the New Testament is that's what it's all about. It's not about just me and against the world. It's about us walking with God, joining him in what he's doing, and then accomplishing together what we could never do alone. That's what I'm excited about, about our church. You know, that I'm so thankful that we give to missions, that we support our missionaries, that we stand behind them in prayer and in financial giving because we're joining them in doing the things that we could never do alone. And when we see that, when we, see, when we get reports of silver lining, the orphanage in China, and we see what God is doing, opening up a whole new avenue of ministry in Myanmar, it's just amazing to see what God is doing and then how they want to have 100 children there this next year. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're one of the few churches that I know of that know about that orphanage. But you know what? God's sovereignly brought us in touch with this group of people through a trip to China in 2009, and we hooked up and got involved with Chris and Lydia. They were just starting out their ministry, but God invited us. You see, and when he invites you, amazing things happen. Same thing happened in the Dominican Republic, you know. God did it. 20 years ago, invited us to be a part of things in the Dominican Republic, and we're still a part of it. He invites us to be a part of things. But we have to have our eyes open. That's why Paul prayed, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and the incomparable great power for those who believe. You know, you and I need discernment. We need to have our eyes open to recognize where God is working. On a micro level, in our school, with our friends, in our family, if you're a parent with your children, you need to see where God is working. What's he doing in your family? But it's also on a bigger level, too. And how is he working in our church? How does God want me to join him in that? And then in the world. And so, but our eyes of our heart need to be enlightened because we can't always see physically, but we can recognize spiritually that God is doing something. 
So one of the indicators I want you to be aware of is this. When somebody is interested at all in God, you know the Holy Spirit's at work. Well, what do you mean by that? If you have a conversation with somebody and they're talking to you about what you believe in or why you believe what you believe, the Holy Spirit is that God is at work in that person's life. Now, you might say, oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to offend them. I don't want... But it, it is the time for you just to share personally what you believe. God begins to work. And that begins to start something happening in that person's life. It's a seed that is planted in that person's life. Now, you may not be the person that brings them to church, or you may be. But God is at work and he's moving in that person's life. And then somebody else may be working in their lives as well. You know, God may use somebody else. Lori and I started this thing where we go to the restaurant right before we eat. Uh, They take our order and then we'll tell the waiter or the waitress, we'll say, uh, is there anything we can pray for you? We're we're about to pray. And uh, we pray for our food. And is there anything we can pray for you? And it's amazing. Sometimes people have these tears in their eyes and those Say, yeah, pray for my mom. Thank you so much. You know, and other times people go, nah, what? <laughs> no, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I just, what, what would you like to eat? You know? So it's different, you know? But when people are responding, I know God is working. You know, and so we pray for them. We might be the one person that has prayed for them, but, they, but we may be a group of many, many people that is involved in their lives, and they're coming to a greater understanding that God loves them. You know, I just want to close with this last story of Jesus. You know, in in John chapter 5, we have the healing at the pool of Bethesda, but in John chapter 4, you have (coughs) the story of Jesus at the woman at the well. And again, Jesus takes the opportunity to go through Samaria, and he sits And he talks with this woman at noontime. Nobody's supposed to be at the well at noontime. Everybody gets their water early. But just this woman shows up at noon because she's the kind of the outcast of the town. And Jesus happens to be right there. And there's times in your life where you're going to be meeting with somebody that seems like an outcast. But maybe they sit next to you in your cafeteria or in the workplace. Or they're just feeling like nobody really cares about them. And the way Jesus handles this is amazing. If you get a chance to read John chapter 4, do it. Um, But Jesus begins to minister to her. And uh, one of the things he does is, could I have a drink of water? Jesus asks her for something. It's not like we always got to help other people. Sometimes they could help us. And And he starts this conversation with her. And he says, you know, if you really knew who I was, I could give you water that would last forever, that would satisfy your soul. And so they get into the spiritual conversation, and soon enough, she ends up really believing in Jesus. And then she leaves the place, and she goes and tells everybody what Jesus has told her about her life. And there's this God moment there, and the disciples had gone out for lunch. So they all left Jesus, you know, just to drink water. <laughs> they, were, they got hungry, and they left. I think it's kind of funny. And they come back and they say, Jesus, you want something to eat? Did you eat anything? And, and he goes, 
No. He says, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What Jesus said, what's better than anything I could ever eat is joining God in what he's doing in this person's life. And I think we need to have a greater appetite for joining God in what he's doing. And it'll change everything about us. Jesus said, you know the saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes, look at the harvest fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the owner and the reaper may be glad together. And he said, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work. You have just reaped the benefits of their labor. He's saying, I want you to join in the harvest. Don't say it's four months from now. Look around you. God is working. He's harvesting even around you. He's calling people to himself. Join him in what he's doing. So we need discernment. What are some action steps in joining God? You come here today, you heard a message about God being at work. How will you join him in that work? Ask God to show you what he wants you to do, where he wants you to join him. Discern through prayer his word, observation of what he's inviting you to do. Then take some time and to think about it. God, how do you want me to join you in this? And then make the adjustments so that you can obey and join God in what he's doing. It's that simple, but it's that profound when we do it. We experience God's power and his love in our lives. And then keep adjusting your life, your schedule, your ways to join God in his work. And remember, it will always involve change, which could be sacrifice, could cost you time, could cost you money, but it's well worth it because you're joining God. When you join God, there's nothing greater than that. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for the ministry of Empower and, Lord, how you've used uh, Chandra and Carlos and the team that is there. Lord, we ask that today you would work in our lives, calling us into a deeper love relationship with you where we're willing to adjust our lives to your purpose and your plans. Lord, uh, you said your food was to do the will of the one who sent you. And Lord, we pray that we'd have a greater appetite for that in our lives as well. And pray this in Jesus' name.